it's rocking and rolling. I love it. All right. Well, I love that you're doing this. Thank you. They've been really interesting so far. Yeah. Yeah. I really have been enjoying how differently everybody answers. Oh, yeah. The same questions, you know, but then they're all things that we all talk about all the time. It's because I think like every third day we could answer them slightly differently. Oh, you know, depending on like what's pissing you off this day. Who sent you enraged? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're like, you no, you know what the problem of the industry is today? <laughs> today, it's this fucking guy. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to The Shaw, a meeting place for people in film. I'm Domini Anderson. Each episode, I sit down with women across the film and television sector to discuss their careers, the best and worst advice they ever received, and what they want for the next generation of women in film. Today, I'm joined by Heather Young. Heather is an accomplished production manager with a wealth of experience spanning 13 years in the Toronto film and television industry. Heather's credits include Shadowhunters, Camilla, Designated Survivor, and the highly anticipated Cross, premiering in 2024. Beyond her impressive professional achievements, Heather is deeply committed to fostering inclusivity in the industry and is an active mentor, educator, and advocate. I can't wait to dive into this conversation. Okay, let's start, start me, start me at the start. Why film and TV for you? When did that become what you wanted to do? It was actually so kind of totally random. It was never what I wanted to do. I never knew what I wanted to do. I never had like grew up with a set goal saying, hey, I want to be this or that. It was so random. I was living in Nova Scotia. I was like scraping through a degree at the time. I was barely graduating. I did graduate. And when I had finished, my brother wanted to get into the arts. He wanted to do some acting and just like he was very into film and television and he got accepted into Toronto Film School. And that was in the fall. And because he got accepted at the time, he didn't have a credit card. So I called to pay his $500 (laughs) deposit and put it on my credit card. And when I spoke to the guy, I ended up talking to him. He was like the admissions officer for like a half an hour. And uh, at the end of the conversation, we talked about the industry and how the school had just, this is Toronto Film School, and how the school had just reopened. It used to be American-owned, but the 2008 crash had shut it down. They shut down their Canadian version of that American school. And in 2010, it reopened under a Canadian school. So it was now fully Canadian-owned. And that's what he had gotten accepted into. And in this conversation, as we were going on, in my head, I knew I was already moving to Toronto. I had no idea what for. I was just looking to get out of Nova Scotia. Mm -hmm. And middle of this conversation, I was like, you know what? I want to go, too. Because I was just like, oh, if I learn this, then I can get take my like skills that I have and get into the industry. And he was like, oh, yeah? He's like, brother-sister duo, eh? And I was like, yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> he's like, cool, you're accepted. Pay another $500. And that was it. Oh, my gosh. So Toronto Film School. And then how yeah. did you... What was your in into the industry? How did you start working? Or um, So it started uh, well, well, I was at Toronto Film School, and luckily that all the teachers there at the time were somehow had their foot in the door in the industry. They were actively in the industry in some capacity. So one of my teachers, he was an editor on Tricon's The Next Star, which was on YTV, so a kids' TV show. Mm-hmm. And so coincidentally, my one day off school was their studio day, so I ended up peeing all their studio days. And then I did this weekend thing for them, and that led into me working basically every day. I wasn't in school. I was working for them. And then as I was graduating, they were starting up their next season. I got hired right away to just roll into the next season, and it worked out. That was my first job in film was reality TV, kids' TV show. And, yeah, I started there, and it was all thanks to a teacher who was like, yeah, you should come out. And that was the beginning. And after that, I worked in independent for, oh, seven years, and... I just ne- I never stopped that entire time. It was one job after another. Mm-hmm. Mostly trying to make ends meet because you make so little money. But 
once you like get into the community at the time, this is before Toronto was really booming with service production. It was just, there was so much independent Canadian stuff, small projects, telefilm, IPF, um, non-union, all kinds being produced here. And I was in that world. So I had a lot of work, just didn't make a lot of money to go with it, (laughs) but it did keep me afloat up until I made the crossover to union, which is when, right as the city started booming, I joined the union and never looked back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love people's journeys because I fell straight like into union. So I never did independent. I don't know anything about that world at all. I'm always fascinated. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's funny because I've done, I do a lot of teaching and stuff like that and a lot of, and a lot of career stuff, and mentoring, advising and all these things and I've done different whatever and they always ask like, oh, union, non-union. I'm like, there is no one solid answer yeah. and it's neither right nor wrong. There's pros and cons to both and, you know, I think ultimately either or, it, it just is, it's so based on the individual and I think a lot of our career just happens naturally anyways and organically, so... Do you notice a gender divide in the industry? I definitely do. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like when it comes to the gender, yeah, gender equality, gender diversity in film, particularly for me, I feel like at my age, it's not something I was well-educated on. Mm -hmm. I had no idea how, what the patriarchy was and how it's built us to like, you know, be people pleasing and like accepting so much less and mm-hmm. it took a long time for that to come to fruition. I would say at first I I noticed it but I didn't know why. It didn't the first couple years I definitely had a lot of things happen and often it made me very sad and like very insecure but I couldn't figure out why. I couldn't pinpoint the problem and I always thought it was me. It was me. I was like I wasn't good enough and I wasn't doing a good enough job and like men that were getting jobs that I should have not should have had but like I got more than qualified for that they were not qualified for and I'm like why why am I not getting the interviews? Why is this not happening? Why? And it's just like a lot of these men have opportunities that I just was never awarded and I just never really understood because I was like what am I doing wrong? And then it took a really really long and hard toll on my confidence of like believing that I ever had value in mm. like building my career and, and I went through a period of being really frustrated about it really sad about it and really lacking confidence and now I'm like oh it's now I know what it is I have a really good group of women supporting and we talk about it a lot and I'm constantly learning like there's just so much there's so much that comes up in my career still to a day-to-day basis where I'm like I know there's something here that I'm not, it's not sitting right with me and I can't pinpoint it. I have to go unpack it with my friends and be like, why was this mm-hmm. wrong? And then it's always like we unpack and it's like, this is the gender dynamic there. And it's like, oh, that's so frustrating. Like, I wish I in the moment realized that. So I could have corrected this path or had something to say. And But it still exists. And it's like, you don't constantly want to be accusing every single moment interaction of like some sort of gender bias. But it's so... It's so potent in our worlds and what we have to deal with on a day to day that it's like we do constantly see it and we feel it and it's like it's it's an exhausting battle all the time for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't want to always call people out, but it's like I don't know. Do you think it's your like? Are you reacting out of gender bias or are you just being a fucking idiot? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know which yeah. one would you prefer. You're still behaving like a total ass. Like, totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Think. There's also like the times that where I've had to go and ask certain men to do something that is their job and instead of like directly saying hey can you please do this and get me this document it's more like 
oh, I'll have to like find a way at which you suggest that you do the document to save the day. So it makes you feel good because if I directly ask you to do it, you're going to be upset by it kind of thing. Or often, and this is one I, that I hate that I've done, but I've had to do it so many times where I'll go to someone because I know they have more experience than me and they don't like me asking them or they just, I just go and I'm like, hey, listen, I don't know your job that well. Can you t explain to me this process? And I'm like, I know exactly what the process is. I just need you to feel good about yourself so you're not, like, gonna, you know, yeah. I just need to get the answer out of you before you sit here and tell me how wonderful you are and how great and you know everything. And I'm like, I just need to get to the point. So I'm going to have to pretend like I'm stupid for a moment just to save us all the extra that I just don't have to deal with right now. Yeah, and you're, in some ways you're kind of right to do so because I've been in the done the opposite thing where I've just been like ask someone like well can't you do it like this yeah. because part of my job is knowing not all of your job but you yeah. know like a large percentage of other people's jobs because I manage a lot of departments right? yeah so it's like I always know I have to know something yeah so I'd be like oh can you do it like this <laughs> yeah. and when I've done that I've usually been met with somebody screaming in my face yeah yeah like screaming in my face like don't tell me how to do my job. You don't know what I do. Yeah. How dare you? Blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. Like, has happened to me a number of occasions. And yeah. It's like, nah, man, I just asked if that could be moved two feet to the left. <laughs> like, you know, and it's yeah, and you're right. It's request. like, but instead, it's like, what's the solution? They have to be like, oh my God, I don't know how anything works. Yeah. Like, what holds, uh, what holds walls up? Like, <laughs> I know. Just so that, yeah, someone it's can... So, it's such a frustrating... I feel like I do it less now, but as... I, particularly as a coordinator, I had to do it a lot. And um, now I, I guess I, I may... I think with me, I've had a position change, with it, which has come with its pros and cons. But I don't, I don't know. I just... I don't have the patience to do it as much anymore. Mm -hmm. So there are... Do I. There is, like, things at which I'm like, okay, I, I will approach this with a certain tact, knowing who I'm dealing with. But... You know, a lot of that, a lot of that tiptoeing I have just had to leave behind. And, and honestly, it's not my proudest moments either. Like, I don't like to pretend to be stupid, but I know where I have to, to survive a situation to avoid conflict, mm -hmm. you know? And it's just, that is the move to just get me in and out as fast as possible. Yeah. And it's not a move I'm proud of, but I've had to do it. And it's like, God, the, the like, the semantics that we've had to just play around with to, to survive the most simplest situations at work is... We don't want to step up men's egos. It's just painful at times. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And it's like, we've, I think we've all done that sidestepping. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And I, I agree. I have less patience for it. Yeah. Obviously, as I get older and have spent more time in this industry. And, yeah. you know, I think you do come to a point where imposter syndrome runs out. You know, it's like, yeah. I know that I have a certain amount of yes. experience. Like, yeah. I... I'm not saying I have the most experience out of all people because I'm not delusional. Yeah. But, you know, I know that I know things. I feel the same way. And so yeah. when people talk to me like I don't know anything. Yeah. Which does happen still. Yeah. Then I have a lot less fucking patience for that. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, it's just like, what what is going on? Like, what yeah. are you talking about? Like, yeah. It's like, no, I don't want to, like, I, uh, no. <laughs> Uh-uh. Like, yeah. no, no way. Yeah. Um, it's so fucking frustrating. And you're right. And also the change of position. I mean, also the change of position helps that, you know, obviously. Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, is. you come with a little bit 
come with a little bit of clout. Yeah, 100%. You. you know, people can't scream in your face quite as much. Yeah, quite as much. <laughs> quite as much. Some people still can. In fact, they do in particular when it's like over the phone when there's no witnesses because we're both like not in a place and I'm like, well, I can do it right back, you know? It's... But I also do know with that change of position from coordinating to managing, I have like, I also see different sides of people. I know I'm getting a lot of best faces, whereas like in the office, the co- like as a coordinator and, you know, even working in the office in any capacity, most people see a different side. They see a lot more that like, you know, when you're not in a management position, people tend to come in and show one face versus the other. So I'm aware of that too. And I'm always like thinking about how people are treated that are not me now that I'm the manager of the show and wondering what other sides I'm not seeing. And Do you think it's gotten the gender stuff in general? Yeah. <laughs> The gender stuff. Um, do you think it's gotten better or worse in your in your time? Or do you think your view of it has just changed? A bit of both. I do think the Me Too movement made some progress. Like, mm-hmm. uh, the tolerance has changed, mm-hmm. particularly when it comes to harassment and assault and things like that. Yeah. But the work is, like, I mean, we are we're so far off the mark when it comes to equality. It's We're not even remotely close. We're not even in the same... We're not even in the same league talking the same conversation right now. Like, the only thing that changed was the harassment stuff. The rest of it is, which is the bulk of it when it comes to opportunity and equality and discrimination and all the biases and microaggressions. Like, they're so rampant and misunderstood that it's, we have a long ways to go. Like, Mm -hmm. leaps and bounds compared to where we, where a lot of people think we are. Like, the Me Too was not solving our gender inequality problem. No, it was just... It was bringing it to light. Yeah, it was bringing it to light, and it was, yeah, focusing on one particular kind of area, really. Which, you're right, I think there has been change. I think that the change... I mean, there's obviously less tolerance for it. Yeah. I mean, everyone says they have zero tolerance, but let's be honest, let's just say less less tolerance tolerance, um, for it, which is good. I mean, I... I saw the difference, you know, like, for sure, before and after in the ways that things were handled, you know, things that I were involved in was handled by, you know, people in power before and after. Like, I know how much people just, like, just didn't really fucking care before. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, just really didn't fucking care. Like, you know, they just were trying to get their job, the job done, you know? Yeah. um, And women speaking up is causing problems. Like, just shut up and deal with it. Yeah, totally. And it's like, it did make them kind of have to deal with it. Yeah. Which they did reluctantly, but at least they're doing it. I was going to say, some reluctantly, some (laughs) resentfully. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. But you're right. It's just like, that's this the tiniest little box on, like, the left-hand corner of the whole puzzle. It's so much bigger than just that. Yeah. I mean, we've made some progress, and what is really comforting is... Being able to talk about a lot of things openly. And, and you know what? I'm, I feel very fortunate because I feel like I have really lucked out. And I work with a lot of men that are open to the conversations and mm-hmm. in support of. And even if they don't understand, some of them are some of them are even sometimes more aware than I am of things that are happening. I'm like, whoa, I'm so glad that some of them are contributing to like solving the problems and stuff. And then some of the other difficulties I have is sometimes I have so many friends that are so supportive of women but cannot for the life of them see where they fall short and contribute to the problem and that Mm -hmm. one is difficult because these are people you love and you care about and are so happy for you when you have your wins 
but can't see how they're contributing to the roadblocks on the way. Because they're just, they just do not understand it. Yeah. And they can post about it all they want on their Instagrams, and they can, like, be there for you when you have your wins. But that that one is always a tough one for me, because, you know, you want you want your friends to not be part of the problem, but everyone's got their own journey to understand all of this. And it's a constant evolving journey that we're all on. If you so choose to partake to educate yourself, a lot of people do not. Uh, if you could, if you could click your fingers yes. and change something about this industry, what would it be? Ooh. <laughs> like this. <laughs> now it's Heather's oh, yeah. industry. No, it's not your whole industry. You don't have to be responsible for everything, but... Um, I love this industry. Obviously, I am in it, but I get so tormented by it. And it's the work-life balance is always a thing for me. The mm-hmm. working hours, I would change that in a heartbeat. And I would take less money to work the less hours and just have a better better work-life balance. I hate that, like, I go on shows and my health plummets every time. And then I come out of it and I'm having to, like, climb the mountain again. And I just, it is the one part of this industry that constantly makes me question whether it's worth it to be in it because every other aspect I pretty much love even the hard days and the problem solving and the bad shooting days when you know the generator goes down and it's 40 (laughs) centimeters or whatever it is it's like I I can get through that Mm -hmm. and we can have a laugh about it and like you know there's some tough people to deal with and stuff and like but there's so many wonderful people and so many people that love what they do and I love supporting that that I love it but yeah, it's truly, truly the work-life balance. I know there's a handful of positions that can find the work-life balance, but like for me, like I just did a show and it was a first season. It was a big series and nothing could prepare us for how many hours we were about to work. And like mm-hmm. myself, my APM, we tracked, I didn't track, <laughs> she tracked more stuff, but her and I regularly did 16, 18 hour days. I slept at the office one day. I worked many hours. I worked like almost 40 hours straight with, I think, a two-hour nap on my couch. Like, And I come out of it and I'm like, I go see my naturopath and I'm, I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm chronically tired. Why is this? <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, <laughs> what could be the reason? <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, I'm suffering from brain fog and mental fatigue and like the list goes on. And, like, just for example, I go there and I end up doing all these tests and it's like, I, from working in an office throughout the winter in Canada, I was, I'm so severely deficient in vitamin D, I fall off the scale. Like, I don't even register. I'm oh so gosh. deficient. And, like, the, 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 you know, the hormones, this adrenal fatigue and all these things come up and I'm, they're all fixable problems, luckily, but it's the fact that you have to go through them and you get there and you're like, oh, I've just destroyed myself for you know, for this studio that doesn't give a shit about me for like billion dollar company, the guy's going to the moon. Like, yet here I am. (laughs) (laughs) A vitamin D deficiency that's never been seen before. (laughs) You sacrifice a lot. I will say that you do. You have to love this because you do when you're in it too, you sacrifice. You're like so willing to do it when you're in it. And then I think if you take a 30,000 view perspective, which we often don't do and we're like, don't forget, we're just making, like, we're making content. We're making TV. We're making movies. But when you're doing it and you, like, it's, like, every day at work is life or death, it feels like we're willing to do whatever it takes. And it's, like, yeah. this crazy mentality when we get in there trying to make it all work and it's not let people down and yeah, push ourselves to the most extreme versions, you know? Yeah, yeah. When we're in it, it's like being inside of a cult. Like, oh, yeah, we're nuts. like, we will do anything for the leader. Yeah. 
it's like you kind of need that, right? Because you need it to have that certain amount of like intensity for something that is not quantifiable yet. Yeah. Because that's what that's what we do, you know? Yeah. But you're right. I also sometimes you just have to stop and be like, we are not curing cancer. Like at all. Yeah. Like we're not <laughs> Yeah. You know, we're not brain surgeons. Like we cannot be this stressed out. Yeah. Like this is insane sometimes like sometimes i talk to people about it and i'm like i work in a high pressure environment and it's like why is that yes (laughs) i know right like i i know there's a lot of money at stake and that's really why but it's like why is this so intense we're just making something fun and good and like obviously yeah i believe in it and i love it yeah and i love what we create like i don't think there shouldn't be any more movies and tv just like, what are we, why do we have to make them so hard? <laughs> I know. Oh my goodness. That's where I get stuck on it. I don't want to change what I do. I only want to change how I do it. Yeah. The one thing I will say too is I do a lot of teaching and, and even when I hire and do interviews, I often remind people I'm going to, I always tell them how demanding the job is of them and their time and what they're going to have to give up to work in the industry but I always have to tell them, like, it's not me personally asking you this. The show will ask you. And you do not know when that show's needs are going to be great and when they're going to be small and how each day is going to go. But, like, if a script comes out at the 11th hour, it is what it is. And you're there to do it. Like, mm-hmm. that is your job. And I'm not apologizing for what you're signing up for. So I often have to say that in the interviews. I'm like, you're going to be working more than you've probably ever thought you would in your life. And there's going to be a lot asked of you. And, you know, some people do it really well because they love it. And others are like, oh, this is not for me. Yeah. Did you have mentors when you were coming up? You know, it's funny. Early in my career, I desperately tried so hard to find mentors. But early in my career when I was coming up, it was slower in the industry. And I feel like a lot of people felt that if you bring people up, they're going to take your job. Mm-hmm. There was definitely a lot of competitiveness. And then all of a sudden, Toronto did a huge shift. So I never, ever had a specific mentor but over the years, I kind of built myself like I built myself a very close knit community, and then I built an extension of that community. So they're not necessarily my mentors, but they are my community that I like my most trusted advisors per mm-hmm. se. Anyone that knows me knows that if you know they do something nice to me, they're going to get it back tenfold, mm-hmm. and that I'm just like willing to share all the knowledge I have. And I'm such a believer of if we bring everyone up, there's so much room for everyone, and there's so much like space for everyone to grow and achieve what they want I don't personally feel threatened in my Mm -hmm. position ever so I'm just like the first to be like let's all bring everyone up and help everyone you know I had a I had a weird way of coming into the union because usually you work your way from the bottom for years and you work your way up but I actually in one show ended up coordinating partially by circumstance partially because I have the indie experience to back it which not everyone looks at indie and says oh that experience is is of value in the union world because they're such two different worlds. Mine translated really well. All mm-hmm. I had to learn was a lot of the studio semantics and big show semantics, which I did quickly. Um, so I was able to, to move quickly. But, you know, some people have issues with that. But luckily for me, I had, like, so many allies. And I'm fortunate I work with uh, just the most wonderful people. I have such a wonderful community of friends. And I feel very rich in friendship. And they are, you know, again, I wouldn't quantify it as a mentor per se, but I do not do this job on my own. I have absolute endless amounts of support and people that are just so happy for my successes. And that's that's how I know they're good people. None of my friends are in competition with each other. Everyone is just like, whoa, you, you accomplished something, you accomplished this big thing, like, we are so happy for you. We're mm-hmm. not, we're not bitter that someone got somewhere quicker, anything like that. It's just true 
undeniable friendship and support. And I, I just feel so lucky I have that. I feel like somehow I magically just pulled all the best people into my circle and like, <laughs> which I think is so important in this industry. That's how I survive. Otherwise I probably would have exited a long time ago because they are the reason why I'm still here and thriving, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's great to have people. I mean, mentors, yes, but you know, to have the peer support. Yeah. Also. Those people are, are great. They the become, constants, yeah. Yeah, yeah your yeah. constants and, yeah, always your sounding boards and stuff because yeah. we do we do have an industry that isn't like others. So, you yeah. know, to ask for advice and all those kinds of things, you know, it like I have this sometimes, you know, I'll talk to, like, my brother about something and he'll give me really good advice, and, but I'll be like, that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> like, be like, that's so amazing. Doesn't work at all all for what I'm talking about doesn't work you know it's just like you know how like in the employment code it has all these things then it has like except film and television because we run on a whole different system it's like that it's like film and television yeah you know constant exception yeah so I would just be like yeah perfect advice I it doesn't help it doesn't help at all yeah yeah Yeah, when I started having friends in the industry and I was like oh yeah this is actually yeah this is great this is really helpful so I can be like Oh, I can, we can shorthand this. <laughs> yeah. I do that a lot when I teach. I'm, I'm always reminding, I was like, build a community. That is how you're going to get through this. Like, do not try to do it on your own. Build a community. You're going to need those people. A hundred percent. Oh, yeah. Always. Yeah. It's always the people around you. Yeah. 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 What's the best advice you think you've ever got? There's a few that I can say that are kind of common and that everyone really knows, but they are good pieces of advice and that's you're only as good as your last job. And I literally mean that in the sense that even up to the last week of your work on your last job is how I'm going to remember you. So if you did a phenomenal job all season, but you checked out in the last week of wrap, that is how I'm going to remember you, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And yeah. that is literally how I remember some of the best people and that, that kills me to say, but that is how I remember I remember people. And there's a lot of people, too, that they get tired in the positions that they're in and they start thinking that they should be above. And even if they should or shouldn't be, that's irrelevant. They're not doing the best job in the job that they've taken. And now they're just taking up space where other people want to be. But also, that's how I'm remembering them. Like, if you're not doing a good job in the job you're in, why would I want to work with you in a position above that that now is more responsibility? It's such common advice in film and sometimes people forget it, you know? Yeah, only as good as your last job. That's a... That's a real one for sure. 100%. You're right. And I've had people that I've worked with for, you know, a number of years in a row. Yeah. And then have bailed out the week before a show. And it's like, oh. Oh. Yeah. And I remember at the time a... people being like, that's a weird choice. Because that's, that's how an entire group is going to remember you now. And you can sure go and find other people that you haven't yeah. worked with yet. The industry's big. But it's not that big. Yeah. You got to do it very tactfully and tastefully and yeah. not... You don't bail. You gotta. There's got to be a clear. Yeah. I'm gonna take a different path in the upcoming future or something like. Yeah. I think some of that got lost a little bit once it started getting really really busy. busy. It got really busy. Yeah. Kind of etiquette went out the window to, for lack of a better word. Yeah. And I used to say it a lot to people in my departments, especially newer people coming in. Yeah. Being like, it's really busy, but you, be like, do you want people to call you when it's not busy? Yeah. Then you have to really think about what you're doing and, yeah. and just like how you're behaving and these kinds of things that you're you're trying to build, these relationships that you're yeah. building because you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's like, but people do remember the industry's not that big. 
when it's busy, sure, it's busy, like, yeah, you know, but what are you going to do when it's not busy? What are you going to do when all yeah. the riders go on strike? The bad behaviors do come out when it's real, real busy, and some, unfortunately, sometimes newer generations learn those bad behaviors, which is unfortunate. This is a contract industry. you got to be good all the time. And I've actually turned down jobs when I've been burnt out, and I'm like, you're not going to get the best of me. I'm not going to produce the best working Heather, so I can't, I can't take the job because... I don't want to disappoint and I will because I'm not in a place where I can produce a hundred percent, you know? And people have long memories yeah. in this industry for some of that oh, stuff. Yeah. Like, Well, you tend to remember when people have a bad taste in your mouth, unfortunately it sticks with you. The other best piece of advice is one that I give, not the one that I've been given, but the one that I give when I hit teach. Hit me with it. Hit you with it. So when I teach often, I tell people it's like, it's very good to have goals and do things that are for your professional development set goals you know if you want to produce and you have funding deadlines like set those goals whatever but when it comes to your overall career the best thing to do you work away you build your skill set you build your community and you can set a goal to director producer x but like the timeline and the type show and all those things the career just happens and like you have no idea when you're going to be offered something or something's going to land in your plate it has a mind of its own and you just have to enjoy the ride you can't plan and like have an expectation along the way of what you want to achieve by a certain point it is great to have again great to have goals but like you do have to let some of that go mm -hmm. because this career is just going to do its own thing anyways and some of it is luck and some of it's chance and some of it's how well you've developed yourself as a person to be ready for the opportunity when it gets to you mm -hmm. and that, there's just, like, there's no way to put a timeline. I couldn't have told you I'd be PMing a huge series this year because I didn't know when that offer was going to come. Yeah. You know, I didn't know when those stars were going to align for me. And one day I'll produce when that happens in the next couple of years or whatever. I have no idea, but it, I know it will. It'll come to fruition. Yeah. And I'm just going to be ready for when it does, you know? Mm-hmm. But previous to that, I know a lot of people come in and are like, by this time I want to have this, this, and this. And it's like, it is great to have goals, but professionally develop yourself. And, and use those as your goals, but, like, the the absolute, you know, I need to accomplish this by this, you can't, you know, we're not, like, it's like when you become a doctor, you have all these steps to take and this degree and that, and the amount of time you put in, or, or most of those professions, it's, like, a certain amount of education, a certain amount of time, and then all of a sudden you get some sort of designation. This industry is not like that. Mm -mm. It is nonlinear, and, again, you don't know when it's going to be, have a slow year, and a double strike's going to hit. So yeah. anything you might have set up for this year any kind of goal, maybe that's out the window. Now. You just don't know. So, you know, you got to take a, as much as you got to professionally develop yourself, you have to take this whole career in stride and let it do its thing. Because, yeah. you know, it's going to also put you in, in places where you just, you can't predict. Okay, what's the worst piece of advice? Worst piece of advice I received one time, I was having a hard time on a show with someone above me who was dropping the ball quite often. And I asked someone in a leadership position to correct that. And they just didn't want to deal with the situation. So they said, well, why don't you just let the ball drop and that person will expose themselves. And I was like, that is just terrible advice. Like, mm -hmm. it doesn't help any of us. It doesn't solve the problem. And I just know it's unfortunately in that situation where someone just didn't want to address something. But it was just the worst advice. I just was upset that that was the advice being given to me. And I, I never let it happen. I was just like, well, I guess I'm just going to keep catching balls for someone who does a job above me that is getting paid a lot more money than me. And I'll just do this part of their job and suck it up and yeah. be pissed about it. But I'm going to do it because I'm just not going to let the crew down because that's not how I function. 
and I can't work that way. And, you know, it just at the time, it was just the most frustrating piece of advice that, that to be given from someone to let the ball drop when that is not who I am. You yeah. Know? I take pride in the fact that I don't let a lot of balls drop in my career. Yeah. I've been given similar advice before. Yeah. Like, they're like, just let them, like, just let them fail. Just let them, yeah. you know, do whatever. And it's like, well... Yeah, it's like that doesn't actually fix anything. No. Also because, like, that assumes that they're going to grow from that failure or they're going to learn from that failure or anything, which also might not happen. They might just totally blame you for it. Yeah. Like, which is more than likely, right? Like, they, I don't know. I don't also know anyone who's like, nobody helped me and I failed and then I learned spectacularly and I had excellent growth from it. (laughs) Like, you know, it just, I don't know if it happens spontaneously (laughs) quite like that. Yeah. You know? Like... But there's also Where people have been, I mean, sure, you can learn from, of course you can learn from failing, but not from other people around you letting you fail. Yeah. Like, that's, we could have like a, that's not going to be a good... A proactive conversation about fixing this one aspect, and we all grow from it because, like, we're there to support each other as a team, you know? Yeah. Hey, someone's noticed this. Can we correct this? And then this will happen, and it'll be all great. And it's like, oh, yeah, I could do that. I could correct this thing, like... I think, that's the, I guess that's the other thing, too, is we're not exactly, a lot of people aren't trained at how to be, like, given direction on someone that doesn't come across overly criti- criti- critical, you know, doesn't affect their ego, but, like, hey, we need to fix this, and that way, you know, some people struggle with that. Yeah, well, we're not really an industry that has, you know, feedback getting into it. Like, yeah. you know, corporate jobs, you do feedback sessions, right, where you yeah. sit down and talk about, like, how your job's going yeah. and, like, those kinds of things. And three month reviews. Yeah, your review. Half our jobs are done in three months. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're on a series, and then it's twice that. <laughs> no, yeah, but exactly right. It's not like people are really checking in. Yeah, and so you're right. It's like those things don't get course corrected. People are most just like, whatever. It's going to be over in three months. Yeah. So and I'm often not deal with it. that is where the gender equality comes up because it's in particular we we as a society tiptoe around men's egos because we don't want to correct them. And we don't want to, like, hurt their fragile egos. And I see that happen so much at work. Mm. It's like we come down so hard on women. And there's so many times in my career where I'm just like, women would not survive this. They would not keep to keep their jobs. And, and other women, we always agree on this. It's like we would not get to keep our job if we made that mistake over and over and over. And oftentimes with men, we just are like, oh, yeah, we just accept it and move on. And we are, you know, we, again, as society, often are too sensitive to correct a man's ego because it'll oh yeah correct men because it'll affect their ego yeah i worked with someone and almost everyone didn't like working with them said they were very rude to them all Mm -hmm. the kind of thing and all those people also were like that's just how they are and i was like what (laughs) i'm like no you can't say that person's rude to everyone like as if that's a personality quirk yeah like that's something they're choosing to do they're choosing to be constantly and consistently rude and you're saying that it's not even personal to me which was my first thought you're saying that that's how they've acted consistently for years and you're telling me well that's just how they are like isn't that isn't that quirky of them it's like no i don't find it particularly quirky oh my god i'm really confused as to why this person is is working and has this position like of relative power that can talk to people like this all of the time. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but nobody's that talented. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's that talented. Oh, it's so or true, everybody's so that true. talented. 
or many, many people are that talented. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. One or the other, but not all of them. So what's some work that you've done that you're particularly proud of or somewhere, something that you worked on where you had a lot of fun? Uh, such a great question. I, I mean, I'm definitely proud of my most proudest like work thing that I've done work, work wise. Definitely is my most recent show, Cross, when I was PMing. And it was because it was my first time PMing turned into just such a beast of a show and I know I did a good job considering it was like my first time at the like I've PM before but on much smaller stuff and mm-hmm. it's a whole different beast when you're doing a big union series and this one was a big one and you know I worked with a lot of experienced crew a lot of new people that I had never worked with before and ultimately over the course of the show I just had a lot of breakthrough moments with crew members that A few of them had come to me or they went to my boss and said, wow, like dealing with your PM is such a dream compared to like others Mm -hmm. or just, I got a couple text messages saying like, you're such, you're so easy to deal with. Like, and I'm like, what are you guys used to out there? So there's a few of those moments and there's a few moments where like, and this is, it's not just me, but the team I work with, the people I work with closely, we had opportunities to make good decisions that were crew protecting type decisions that weren't just show like oh we gotta look after the show it's like no we're there we gotta look after our people and we had not opportunities but like circumstances where it's like we had to make decisions we always made the right decision to look after people and those always felt felt so good in your soul you know like Mm -hmm. that's why I love doing this job is or being a leadership position is like making sure people feel you know supported at work and those are really rewarding. There was just so much positive feedback. And so many people love working on our show, despite how difficult it was. And like the show was a challenge. Like, you know, it's just a big show. It's mm-hmm. all our, all the shows that are coming here are just these massive series now. And like, they're all challenging in their own way. Um, and yeah, we just had such a positive experience. Again, the working hours were, were killer and it was my first time doing it. So I spent some more time getting through the motions of things I was learning myself. But no, it's just overall such a tremendous experience and I just like man I met some amazing crew like we have such good crews in the city it's always the people for me it comes down to that I really outside of that I dedicate like a a quite a bit of time to helping others so like for about four years now I've been working with a program in the city called POV and I helped write a like a production course for them and I teach it um every couple a couple times a year and it's all like volunteer teaching and then for about three years now I've been working with start with H Hollywood and they do, um, they're half based out of here, half based at LA. And so they do, I've been doing mentoring with them, with the mentoring women for years with them. And then most recently, I'm now joining a group called Group Effort Initiative. And they're based at LA, but they're expanding in a lot of the cities. And they're actually Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds founded. Mm-hmm. And so there's quite a bit of backing on this. And this, again, is another mentorship group. And like, I'm going to be a mentor with them going down to LA next week to to meet the folks at the company and stuff like that. I don't have any way to quantify how much I've given back, but just like knowing that I, I have, it just feels good. Cause I, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to just take from this industry and only focus on myself. I constantly think like that. If I can just help bring up the younger child, they're going to then do it for the next person. They're going to then. So like maybe three people down the line that I have no idea. Somehow I've helped that happen to build a better future for this industry and a more diverse, inclusive industry. And, you need to see this talent pool come up through all the ranks. And that takes years at yeah. times. Like it really, but I just hope to be a one small contributor and all that. So just knowing that like I have contributed, I feel good about it. <laughs> at yeah. least so, you know. Yeah, yeah. I feel the same. It's yep. just like, I love this industry mm-hmm. and I don't want it to be terrible. 
Yeah. In <laughs> like summary. I don't, you, in summary, that's yeah. it, right? I love it and I don't want it to be terrible, which yeah. is not just I don't want it to be terrible for me. Yeah. I, obviously, I don't want it to be terrible for me, but I just don't want it to be terrible for everyone. It just, it makes it terrible. Yeah. You know? I also just like, obviously, I love talking about what we do, you know? It changes the culture a little bit from that kind of idea of, you know, there's not enough jobs. And so I'm really going to guard everything that I know and my position and all those kinds of things. Yeah. Into being like, you know, a little bit of like a knowledge free for all. Yeah. Which is better, you know, people are going to find their own lanes and everybody's different anyway. The interesting thing about this industry, I always think, and that mentality of like, well, maybe there's not enough jobs. It's like, you're going to get hired for who you are anyway a lot of the time yeah so it doesn't matter it kind of doesn't matter the ratio it's what we were talking about before like whether you get hired in the quiet times or not you know so another person knowing this information that i have yeah it doesn't threaten me because lots of people know that information already and i'm already in competition with them if i am or whatever like so that doesn't actually affect it because i'm gonna get hired either way yes in part because of the knowledge i have but in a bigger part because of all those other things that make me me and all those soft skills that you have and all yeah. those like contributing factors. So totally. it's just, yeah, I also, I don't feel, I also don't feel threatened about it. It's like, no, no. I, I just, also think if someone takes my job, they're like, no worries. I'm going to, I'll go do something else. Like I'm not going to do what I do forever. Yeah. Either. And also like I, this is, oh yeah, this is another, what, what add to what you're saying. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm, it's me versus me. I'm not like in competition with anyone else in this industry, like for my own ego, Obviously, you'll get put up for jobs. That is, that's the part of it. But the, um, yeah. So like sometimes when you know you are really amped up to get a job and it doesn't work out, it is literally what you don't know at the time the best thing that could ever happen to you because the next thing comes up is like the greatest job you've ever had. Life has a way of it working out, you know. Oh like, yeah, totally. Just, you and in know. the industry too, whenever I see the DGC rep Jen Keefer, right? Every time I see her now, she we we talk about how you know, whatever it was when I first joined the union eight years ago, nine years ago, whatever now it was. And, you know, it was after, like, my second show, and they, uh, you know, the group of people I was working with, you know, they all went on to another show, but they didn't take me with them. Like, they didn't want me to do it. And I was, of course, like, very, I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm the worst. Everybody hates me. Yeah. You know, whatever. And, and did all of that. And she was the best. She was like, there's lots of people in the industry. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, some people just, like, it's not even a personality clash. They just It just doesn't, like, mesh. You yeah. know, it's not even anything. Like, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, my God. My life is over. <laughs> yeah, like, of course, right? Yeah. also, you're new. And it's like, these are the only, some of the only people I know right now. Yeah. You know, like, I don't have a very big network. Then I randomly got another job. And then that person took me onto something else. And then something else. And then I met there, and, like, that whole path, and this is why we always, when I yeah. see her, we still talk about it because that other path would have maybe taken me different, a different place. And, totally. you know, like people who work with those teams still work. It's not like, you know, nothing bad happened to them, but I just went on a totally different route. Yeah. And just that happened from, from that. Yeah. And I don't think I would be where I am now if I had gone with them. Because totally. it, it would have just been a totally different thing. Yeah. Those people work a lot it, more in like in Canadian TV than I do. Like I work a lot in service. Yeah. Right? So it's like, because those are the people that I met and those are shows that I worked on. Yeah. And you know, it's like, yeah, it's not like better or worse, but yeah. it's like, that's how. It's a different lane. Yeah. It's just like, that's the lane that I, that I went on. And it's like, oh yeah, but remember the time I was like, 
it's all over. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I'm never going to get another job. Like, yeah. that's that's it, you know? Well, as my first union show, it was the same way. We just, it was such a successful show. And it, it the, the, the TV, it, we were in third season. It was supposed to be greenlit for a fourth. And then, you know, it was a bad TV deal. And the whole thing fell apart. And I'll never, I was so sad because I was like, I loved working on the show so much. And I went home and I was lying in bed with a big bag of smart food popcorn and my brother walks in because I texted him early in the day. I was like, oh, this show is ending. I lost my job, which I didn't lose my job. It was just ending. And he comes in. He's like, oh, is that your, I've just lost my TV show, big bag of morning popcorn. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, the life is so crazy, so busy. There's so much opportunity. There's no point in being sad about these things. Like you just have to move on and like there's ample opportunity out there especially in this industry and then sure enough every show i have worked on has either been canceled or gone down some capacity due to some weird deal or some crazy situation or streaming's buying this and that and it's like oh so this is just the wild west and just let it happen yeah you can't and that cancellation i mean it's not funny that you say that you were really sad about it but on the flip side of it is like that cancellation for me led to like the greatest opportunity of my life like that's so because funny. I because I started art directing because yes. that cancellation happened right that's how I started coordinating too yeah we did that at the same time yeah right because cance- okay yes. yeah 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 so actually if it hadn't if that show hadn't been canceled and it had gone a different God. season I would I wasn't gonna come back to it and yeah. who knows what I would be doing now because I, no I had no clue like yeah yeah. So that's also funny, right? It's I like something that, was, that yeah, our first big opportunities of switches and things, and yeah, yeah, because all of a sudden we had extra episodes yep. to do, so and, and we lost half our crew and we needed to step up. Yeah, it was like we fucking got it. Don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Hit it out of the ballpark. <laughs> that's so funny. I forgot. Yeah, we both moved up in that capacity. What do you love the most about what you do? I love problem solving, but truly at my core, I love leadership and I am a people person and you know the social aspect of this job is amazing but I do love bringing a kindness to my leadership and I think especially in this industry it has gone a long way and I think that's why like on cross I got a lot of positive feedback because I think people aren't necessarily used to that in this industry and I think it's probably one of my favorite parts is that I can apply those concepts in who I am as a person and it makes a difference to some people's work days and work culture and can't do everything perfectly, but like, yeah, I just, oh, I love, I love that kind of like being in a place where I can do that now in my career. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people in this industry, you know, they want to make stuff. They want to create stuff. That's why they got into it. They want to tell stories. I never wanted any of that. It was never, I fell into this industry off a phone call. <laughs> um, but as a human, like I know that my path was always leadership and I love that. And um, so it's a cool industry to try to be that in and, you know, be part of change and a different future from from what we've currently been coming up in and trying to do all that in a very complex, complicated industry, mm-hmm. you know. So it is probably my favorite part of the job. I think that and also I, I, I work with like my best friends. Like it's like <laughs> fun to go to work and it's such a weird experience because I realize it's so unique mm-hmm. to like what other people do. Not everyone just gets to go to work and like, God, we go to the office and we laugh and like have fun and then we make our dinner plans together outside. It's like we spend all this time outside of work together because... I just get to work with all my best friends. Like, it's like, who gets to do that, you know? Yeah. I know people work at their jobs and they make friends and stuff, but, like, there's some corporate culture. I'm like, oh, this these people don't actually hang out outside of work. They're just work friends and work acquaintances. But 
now with us, I actually really, truly get to work with a lot of my friends, and that's really, really cool, you know? Yeah. And so you can be supported in, in multiple ways at work, not just in the workplace and a work capacity, but in a friendship capacity, life capacity. It's it's a pretty tremendous thing, you know? I love that aspect of it. But also just I'm truly a people person, and this job is so social, and there's so many people that it's there's just endless, endless people to get to know and yeah try and support you know yeah yeah i do love that part that's amazing yeah yeah <laughs> i'm a people person too as you may know so yeah i understand <laughs> yeah 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 no and it's nice you're right and like not to toot my own horn but you know sure i've had compliments on my work or whatever but it doesn't compare to when i started getting compliments on like my team really feels supported by you. Yeah. And it's like, that's really great. You know, yeah. I had people being like, you know, I really, I can tell that you care that this is time I'm taking away from my kids or yeah. whatever, you know? And it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah. Cause I, I do. And I can't always give you, I can't always say that you don't have to work on a Sunday, Yeah, but I can acknowledge what you're giving up to do it. Yeah. And I can appreciate that and be like, Hey, th- thanks. We all agreed to do this crazy thing, and it still sucks sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, the money doesn't make up for everything. Yeah. Oh, no, 100%. So Money is not the most valuable currency. Time is by far the most valuable currency. And when you're not spending time with people you love and and doing things you care about, and you're just at work getting paid, that does not equate. So acknowledging those things goes a long, long way. Yeah. What would you like to do next? Honestly, industry-wise, I just I am now in such a comfortable place in my career. I'm just letting it happen. So mm. like the I think the logical steps for me would be line producing in the service part of our industry because that's I've been in, you know, I've been in the service industry part of our industry for the last couple of years. Like I'm my specialty is kind of doing like the big American funded series in particular. Mm-hmm. Not in any rush whatsoever and I just right now honestly I just want to keep um honing my skills as a pm and becoming a really excellent well-liked pm i definitely have ambitions outside of the industry when it comes to toronto i'd love to be some sort of small business owner in the city like i i I do want to spread my roots a little further than just film Mm -hmm. because film is fickle you Mm -hmm. know and also working for just a paycheck is not the most ideal to live these days, the cost of living getting the way it is. It yeah. would be nice to have other things to fall back on. But, um, you know, this place has really become home for me. So I do want to find other ways that I am grounded in this city. But career-wise, yeah, I just, like, I feel so content and where I'm at. And I do feel accomplished and successful. So I'm just letting letting whatever happens, happens. Incredible. You know? Yeah. What do you <sighs> hope for the next generation of women in film? Oh, yeah, you know, I hope that they don't have to experience anything we do, but that is just the most, you can't hope for that because this, what we do experience as women, it's always going to be there. The patriarchy exists. Everything is built the way it's been built and will continue to exist. We can only help to dismantle it piece by piece and hope that they have the confidence to deal with it head on. The, the confidence that I didn't have, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the awareness and the understanding that this is a lifetime battle per se, or maybe it's not a battle, but it's just, you know, it's not something that people just have to cope with and accept. There is, you know, ways to change. And honestly, I hope that they all feel supported by us too. And, and knowing that like there is a current generation of women that 
want to protect and bring up and care about the generations after them, you know? Mm-hmm. We don't want to, like, punish people because we've been punished at some point for being women. Yeah. So we, we've seen that. You, you have, well, we have seen that in, in other women's and other generations of people being like, oh, well, this had to happen to me, so you have to have the same hard time. But, like, I don't want to see that for the generation after us because I don't feel like a lot of our generation is like that. I feel like everyone's very much, how yeah. can we... You know, we're in this battle together, so yeah, I think let's it's make a, it brighter for all of a us. A millennial thing, a little yeah. bit. It's like, actually, no, we're not gonna do that. We're gonna try and one eighty this if we can. And yeah, yeah, I hope so. I that's the way I do see it amongst our friends, and I hope that it's much beyond our friend group. I hope that this is like I hope it's a millennial thing, and I hope it's you know we actually like talk about mental health and we talk about gender diversity. We talk about diversity. We talk about all the issues, whereas like. They barely were talked about even a decade ago. Yeah. You know, like it's changed yeah. in our time. And like, it's, it's, it's only, you know, a decade. Like my career's only been in existence a couple more years than a decade. So like for it to have such fast change, I can only hope that it keeps changing in the right direction. Um, I just would hope that everyone that comes up behind us feels supported. And not that this is the ruthless industry that we entered into. Yeah, so. that's really nice. The idea that they can come in knowing that out of all the people around them, there's gonna they're gonna find people who do want to help and yeah. like want to support and who they can talk to and stuff. Totally, I hadn't really thought about it from that in that in those kind of terms, but yeah, yeah, that's nice because you're right. It's like sure, maybe you found those people in your time or stumbled upon them, yeah. you know, but. To come up maybe in an industry that isn't actively hostile. <laughs> yeah. Keeps, well, that's it too. Like, let's not pat ourselves on the back because all of a sudden we stop tolerating sexual harassment and sexual violence against women in the workplace. It doesn't yeah. mean that we've solved all the problems. Like, there's no big hurrah here. We achieved equality. Like, yeah, so it's like we didn't, we didn't do anything very good. We just stopped something very bad happening yeah. all of the time. It's all like, of the time, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, we're not all of a sudden, the industry's not all of a sudden not in, in the best of health. It's just maybe bleeding to death a little bit less. Yes, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's a great way to put it. What a metaphor. Yeah. I love maybe, that. Maybe a little bit too uh, yeah. dramatic, but that's that's who I am. Yeah. Um, that's so, <laughs> I'm learning to embrace it. I love Especially it. now that I'm being recorded doing it. Yeah. <laughs> This is going to be in stone and on the internet forever. Oh, my God. I know. It's really, it's difficult. It's difficult to think that. Yeah. I know. No, it's great. It's yeah. amazing. All right. Well, that's that's it. That was our final question. Do, 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 do. do, do, do. Well, thank you so much. No worries. I love that. Okay. All right. See? We talked. I love that. 